everyone. Welcome to Thursday in the Doghouse. I'm your host, Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer. I hope you've been listening to the show because it's the best radio program in the South Jersey area if you're interested in learning about what makes your dog tick. If you've ever wondered why your dog does the things he does, we've been trying to answer those questions for you since October of last year. If you've had any questions about your dog's health, We've tried to address health issues, too. I've spoken to several authors who wrote some excellent books about dogs. I interviewed a local veterinarian, and we talked a lot about the pros and cons of vaccinating our dogs. If you've missed any of my programs, please note that you can hear any or all of them by visiting my website, www.jerseydogtrainer.com. When you get there, click on the page marked Rini's Radio Show. You'll see a list of podcasts that you can click on to listen to all the shows that we've already done. There's also a monthly schedule that shows the subject of upcoming programs. I'll be interviewing a regular visitor to the doghouse today. Her name is Darlene Arden. Darlene specializes in the subject of toy dogs. She's talked to us several times now and has given us some very important information to make living with the little dog a happy and successful experience. As many of you may have already discovered, living with little dogs can be a bit challenging sometimes. Darlene has written several books. Here's the title of her most recent one, Rover, Get Off Her Leg, Pet Etiquette for the Dog Who Pees on Your Rug, Steals the Pot Roast, and Poops in Improper Places. That title alone should give you a hint as to Darlene's sense of humor. Her other books are Small Dogs, Big Hearts, A Guide to Caring for Your Little Dog, and the Angel Memorial Animal Hospital Book of Wellness and Preventive Care for Dogs. We'll talk to Darlene in just a moment. First, let me tell you what services I offer as a professional dog trainer in the South Jersey area. Is your dog always in the doghouse? Does he greet people by jumping all over them? Does she chew your shoes and steal your undies? Guess what? Your dog needs training. Hi, I'm Rini Primeza, the Jersey Dog Trainer, and I train dogs using only positive-based methods. My services include private training right in your own home. I also offer group puppy kindergarten classes starting at eight weeks of age and group classes for adolescent and adult dogs beginning at five months of age. All group classes are held at Dog Days Camp for Canines, 23 West Main Street, Marlton, New Jersey. For more information, please contact me at 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. Again, that's 609-280-9338 or on the web at www.jerseydogtrainer.com. We have Darlene on the line. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning, Rini. How are you? This I'm morning? fine. How are all the little dogs in Massachusetts doing today? The little dogs in Massachusetts are very happy today because the sun is shining. <laughs> That's wonderful. Darlene, you know I've always got tons of questions for you, and we always have such a limited amount of time. So can we get started? Absolutely. All right. Ready? Ready. Many times when I'm called to work with a little dog, especially Maltese, Chihuahuas, and Yorkshire Terriers, owners tell me that they're afraid to walk their dogs because there are hawks that fly around in their neighborhood, 
What safety precautions can owners take to keep their little dogs safe while they walk and continue to socialize these dogs with their world at large? That's an excellent question, Rini, and it points out some of the dangers that are lurking for little dogs especially. I think trying to keep an eye out for when the hawks are most active and not going out at that hour is a really good idea. Uh, be sure that you are with your dog. You don't, you want to make sure that the hawks have an idea that they are being protected. Even so, a hawk will come and steal a dog away from you. Mm, It's very, very difficult. If there's one time of year when they're more prevalent, then you may want to think about, for the small dog, litter box training in the house. On the other hand, you do want to be able to socialize your dog, so I would suggest getting in the car and going someplace a little safer. Okay, that's a good idea. You know, arrange play dates with other dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody else's house might have a better, safer yard. Go somewhere where it's not, you know, I love and hate parks mm-hmm. because you don't know who's picked up after their dog. You don't know who's leaving what kind of germs along the way. Right. And that, that becomes difficult because we want to enjoy the park, but we also want to keep our dogs safe from things like free-running larger dogs who would inadvertently injure the little ones mm-hmm. and from unsupervised children. Okay, that's that's a good point too. I have a question. Um, you know, I I have looked at these things and thought of them as ridiculous, but maybe they're they have a, a good um, place in this um, world here. They have they have strollers for dogs, and I thought that they were absolutely ridiculous. However, I'm beginning to wonder: Would those strollers be an option for people to put their their little toy dog puppies or, or dogs in their neighborhood to be able to walk them around so that they could see and hear and, and see what the world looks like and keep them safe. Um, do you do you think that those strollers have any function here? Absolutely. People laugh at them, and I remember doing a double take at the first one that I saw yeah. that someone had built themselves as a great way to get a dog across the field at a dog show because they carry so much equipment. And they wanted to keep their dogs safe. Mm-hmm. And most dogs walk or are hand carry. But, you know, it wasn't a bad idea. They have more than one dog. You can fit four chihuahuas into Where? Really? I mean, I can tell you this for sure. In certain breeds, you can fit more than one into the carrier, uh-huh. into the little uh, carriage. They're an excellent idea because, as you say, they keep the dog safe. The dog is still out. Right. The only problem you're going to have comes from people who will think you are stark, raving bonkers. <laughs> And if you're keeping your dog safe, it's like house training when you're jumping up and down your backyard and yelling, what a good dog, and the neighbors think you're nuts. <laughs> you want a house-trained dog. Well, mm-hmm. you want a safe dog. A dead dog is not a fun companion, Rainy. No, that's right. That's right. That's... So yeah, I think they definitely have a place, and they also have a place for cat owners. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's the a good idea. Out, but keep them unlimited vaccines, so they certainly don't want them, you know, in the ground where there's also disease, then they have to add more vaccines. Right. So it's, it's a much safer option for them, and the cats get socialized. Cats are the same size as small dogs. For small dogs, this is invaluable, and people aren't, you know, that gives the dog that level of protection, mm-hmm. not only to keep it safe, but also, you know, when children come gushing over, mm-hmm. it's scary for the dog. Yeah. 
I mean, even a big dog has trouble figuring out why a human is behaving that way. Mm-hmm. A little human, but a human. You sure. don't know what they could have done to instigate that. Well, yeah. they've done nothing except look cute. Mm-hmm. And this way, it's a safer way. Kids can look, but the dog knows they can't get me. Right, right. That's true. Um, yeah, so that's so that's a, a good option. And and you'd be surprised how many people um, have hawks in in urban areas. I mean, it's. It, Look, I live in the woods, and to tell you the truth, I don't see too many hawks around my own property, um, but but I do see them, like, when I drive through farmland and places like that. So I'm always surprised to hear how many hawks would fly around urban and suburban areas uh, to be that, that frequent. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up, because people don't stop to think about birds of prey coming into the suburbs, mm-hmm. and where it's fairly well populated, but if you think about it, we have coyotes coming into the suburbs. Oh, my. We have built, I mean, in New England, we have an awful lot. They're even coming into Boston. No kidding. They've spotted them in the city. I'm in the suburbs, and they've been seeing them here for quite a while, Mm -hmm. and your dog looks like lunch. Right, of course. a small child. Right. So it's much safer. I tell people all the time, don't just send your dog out in the backyard Go with them. Mm-hmm. Take your dog for a walk. Do anything to keep your, your pet safe. Do you think that there's much of a possibility if a dog is walking next to a human or probably a little bit in front of a human, that a hawk would swoop down and take um, take a dog that was in close, close proximity to a human? I think if they were desperate enough, they would. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I don't want to tell you they won't because there's always going to be one who will. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. It's very scary. Yeah. And now they're breeding these little dogs littler. Um, one of the, one of the dogs that I work with, um, I believe he was, he was a year old, very fearful because he hadn't been socialized because the vet said, of course, don't take him out until you have all of your shots. And the girl told me, the owner told me that she actually has hawks that roost in her trees. So, so the dog had not been out, um, outside, not even, not even to go potty in her yard at all. And the only ones that he was socialized with were selected family members. So, of course, we had a big problem there. Um, but, but you know, her, her issue was that, you know, that, that she couldn't do it and she was scared to death of these hawks. So it's not so uncommon. And, um, God, it's scary. It's very scary. Yeah. Uh, but now you're also saying that even if you have a fenced-in backyard, never leave the little dog unsupervised out in, the, in that yard. But even if he is supervised, according to what we're kind of imaging here, that even if you're there, it's possible. That it's possible, but there's more of a chance of you chasing off the, the bird, bird and making loud, nasty noises. Okay. And it would be a good idea to call your Audubon Society and find out what they recommend as a safe deterrent. Yeah. I didn't realize there'd be any deterrent, actually. Well, I'm not sure there is. That's why I said to call. (laughs) (laughs) They would know I am not a hawk expert. Okay. All right. I want to stay away from them. Thank you. They're very pretty flying. Yeah. Overhead. Stay up there. Exactly. Don't land here. Thank you. <laughs> we could make a, a sign that says "Don't land here." That's pretty cool. No, is the uh, international sign for no with hawks? 
What? <laughs> All right. Number two, another problem owners of little dogs find themselves in is when they're walking and they happen upon a loose dog. People aren't always sure that dog is friendly. So what advice can you offer us on keeping our little dogs out of harm's way other than with hawks when they're walking and see loose dogs? You see a loose dog across the street, just change direction. Um, If the dog is trying to pursue, stop. Uh, if you pick up, now this is where it becomes tricky. Right. If you pick up your little dog, he has to, he has no choice but to meet the challenge of another dog because you've elevated him. Mm-hmm. And he's now higher than at eye level. Mm-hmm. If he's on the leash and he's next to you, he's gaining some status and security from, you know, mommy will protect me, daddy will protect me. Okay. This is a tough one. Uh, for your own protection, you have to stand stock still. Mm-hmm. If you pick up your dog and hold him, it's entirely possible that if the other dog has attack in his mind. He's going to jump up and rip your arm open to get to your dog. It's happened. I've seen the end result. Oh, my. You Scary, like isn't it? think oh. that dogs would be safe that they'd be, large dogs would be on a lead. It's a responsibility for everybody. Right. I live in, I live in a country area and um, farming area, and people are of the opinion that they should be able to let their dogs roam. I, it's just a country-style mentality, and I don't get it. I just don't get it. I, 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 there is someone who lives nearby and in one year, he lost four dogs. And the, the, the description that I got from, from the person was that, well, one dog, she, I had a border collie, she, she went off in the woods one day and she never came home. And another dog, he wound up in the quarry and I think somebody else took him and so on and so forth. And it's like, it's just a very cavalier attitude about dogs that are left out to go on their own resources, you know, to just fend for themselves because it's a country, in a country area. What is that? Uh, stupidity. Yeah. Um, you know, I seriously have no patience for people who are not willing to learn. I should. I try to be a lot better about it. Mm-hmm. I try to teach with humor. But I find that interacting with people like that is Infuriating. Yeah. Trying to make them understand that they have a responsibility. They have taken on a life. You know, they'll, they'll also tell you the dog got hit by a car because he was stupid. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, would you let your toddler loose on the street? I'm Absolutely afraid some not. of them would say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the answer to that is, guess who's the stupid one? Yeah. Because they put the dogs in harm's way, and then they don't even care. Right. Cavalier attitude is exactly right. You've hit the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. How do you teach somebody to care about another living, breathing, sentient being Mm -hmm. if they weren't born and raised by somebody who cares Mm -hmm. and could teach that? They can learn in the schools. The best thing we can do is bring humane education into the schools. And the children not only grow up to raise children who are better owners, and they themselves will be better owners. Mm-hmm. But when their parents say to them, what did you learn at school today? 
they can educate their parents. It may not always work, but mm-hmm. it's worth the try right. when it comes to the parents. I wish that schools did offer programs. I mean, I, you know, I, were, I, I talked at a couple schools. I gave little talks to the children, but the parents weren't there. And I think that that's, that's missing something. I think the parents need to be there when this, this is discussed. I agree with you. It's hard to get the parents there for it, but it's helpful when we can get at least get through to the children and make it interactive. One of the things that the Massachusetts SPCA program did very well was has always been to involve the children at certain ages, you know, when they would adjust for the littler ones Mm -hmm. as they grew older. And the questions would be, do you get hungry? Mm -hmm. Who feeds you? They would do the whole program relating to children, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for their feelings. Well, who feeds? Do you have a little brother or sister? Who feeds them? Right. Who takes care of them? This is a responsibility. Mm Mm-hmm. They can't eat unless somebody takes care of them. Right. Well, you know, the, the only thing that we can do is... Who does this, who does that, it, it, they can relate to it mm-hmm. in that manner. Mm-hmm. Well, the only thing that you and I can do is just keep educating. You know, we have these shows, and we when we go out and train, we educate the people that we work with, and we just push, push, push constantly for education. It really is, <clears throat> Renny. And your show is wonderful, and it's not just the best in your area. It's probably the best in the entire East Coast. Oh, you're a doll. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So we're talking about children a little bit here, and people often choose small dogs because they have children and because they believe it's easier to raise a little dog and their kids would also get along better with a tiny dog rather than a lab or golden retriever or other large breed dog. Do you think kids and little dogs are a good match? No, they're a horrible match. <laughs> Anything that a child can pick up, a child can drop. Mm-hmm. And every child and dog, no matter what size the dog, needs constant supervision. So in a sense, you're getting a baby for your baby if you decide to get a dog with a small child. Mm-hmm. Under the age of seven, children don't understand that they can inflict pain. And that becomes a problem because these little dogs look like stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. We hand them stuffed animals. And then expect them to understand the difference between a stuffed animal and a real live dog. Right. And that becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. Some children are very good. Some children aren't. Mm-hmm. Some parents are very good at raising their children and taking the responsibility and supervising. And some parents just want their dog to be the babysitter. Yeah. Or they think every dog is Lassie. And you know and I know that Lassie isn't Lassie. Mm-hmm. There's this, a trainer standing behind the camera mm-hmm. giving that dog commands. Sure. So it gets signals from the handler. Mm-hmm. And he has and to be trained. You have to be there. Right. Right. Um, I, uh, it's been unfortunate, but I have uh, um, worked with some dogs who had traumatic experience as puppies because they broke their leg. And that has a, an effect on that dog, large breed, small breed, I don't care what you got. Uh, if there's trauma like that during uh, uh, puppyhood, you've, you've got a problem for the rest of the dog's life. Something's going to go wrong there. Absolutely. Um, I have a friend in New Jersey who breeds Newfoundland. Uh-huh. And she Love those dogs. And she that the, the Newfoundlands, uh, the children only sit on the floor just as somebody with a toy dog would insist mm-hmm. when playing with a Newfoundland puppy. Yeah, absolutely. And the children have to repeat. What did Auntie Lynn say? Mm-hmm. Don't pick up the puppy. Yeah. You have to sit on the floor. Right. And she tells them that, you know, if the parents are buying a puppy and she's approved the home, 
if you pick up the puppy, what will happen? Mm-hmm. Auntie Lynn will come and take the puppy back. <laughs> right. Well, that's good. That's and good. And it's wonderful. It works like a charm. She was an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. So she works well with children, but she reaches them in a level that they can understand. Mm-hmm. I think that um it's I think I'm I may have heard you say this in previous programs and I've always um given my clients the same advice is that if a child wants to hold the puppy then what we can do as adults is to put the puppy in the child's lap and sit with them to make sure that the puppy is safe and the child gets the experience of being gentle and holding the puppy um but the puppy isn't being dropped it's everybody's working, you know, to to very closely to make sure that both the child and the puppy stay safe together. Absolutely. And it's a really good time to teach the child to be gentle mm-hmm. and to tell them that will hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, do this gently. There you go. You know, this mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Give the child positive reinforcement just like we give to the dogs. Right, right. Yeah, one of the things that I I would like to talk a little bit about today is the is the little dogs and how they're how they're bred and how they're born. Not so much the breeding part of it, but when little dogs have puppies, I mean they can't have real big litters, right? Right. Although it's surprising, every once in a while, somebody will pop out a litter of eight. Wow. And you wonder where they came from, you know? Right, and where they you know, fit like, in there. Or at the circus. <laughs> well, when they have their their puppies, uh, from what I've been, uh, understood, it's that me- especially Chihuahuas, they have to deliver by cesarean section, um, and so the a Chihuahua would have maybe between one and three average litter. But doesn't that set those puppies up for possible? Um, dog-to-dog aggression as they grow up because they, they don't really get to socialize with a lot of dogs when they're, you know, before they go into the home. Well, it depends upon the breeder. First of all, they're not all C-sections. A lot of them are free whelpers, so they're fine. Okay. But a lot of, there has more than one dog at home. Mm-hmm. They usually have several, and it's a good, it's like aunties. You know, everybody takes a turn. Right. So they do get some socialization. Also, one of the things that a good breeder will do is either exchange puppies or just if the other breeder doesn't have one, they'll just send the puppies out to spend the night or a weekend once they're old enough Mm -hmm. at someone else's house so they get used to the socialization that way Mm -hmm. and being away from home and yet they get to come back home. So everything's always safe. Right, right. And they understand that. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not always a bad thing. You know, I mean, it's not always the dog isn't socialized. I'm more concerned about the dogs coming out of puppy mills and commercial breeders who get mm-hmm. no socialization whatsoever. Right. Yep. That's a problem. That's a problem with, with any dog. Exactly. You know, I mean, I'm, uh, we, we're in New Jersey and the, the next state over is Pennsylvania and I, I'm sorry, I just shudder every time somebody calls me and says, I, you know, I just got a puppy from Pennsylvania and it's not to say that every breeder in Pennsylvania is a puppy mill breeder, but it just exactly. makes There's me cringe. In Pennsylvania, but you want to know where they yeah, got it. Right. And, 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 I don't know, it's, it's not just Lancaster, it's the areas around Lancaster. I mean, there's just breeding going on 
all over the place, and I, it, I don't know. It's just so frustrating. People, people know what the word puppy mill is, and yet they, they just get the dogs anyway. Or people will tell me, yeah, I know, I shouldn't have gotten the dog, but the dog was so beautiful, and my daughter wanted the dog, and there they are, and now they, you know, and so, I don't know. It's what happens at pet shops. It's the exact It's the same thing. thing. Absolutely. That's where they get their dogs is from puppy mills. That's where they buy them from. Um, and, and the thing That's is, they leave. Funny. It's horrible. They're paying more money for that puppy. Oh, they certainly are. But here's the scary thing is that in order to wind up in the pet shop at eight weeks, those puppies are taken from their litter before eight weeks. So maybe the puppy was taken at six weeks or even seven weeks, I think, is way too early. I mean, those those from six to eight weeks, I think, is extremely important because the puppies are learning bite inhibition with each other. And that helps once the puppy comes home. Absolutely. And if the breeder is doing the proper socialization, then it shouldn't be before 12 weeks. Yeah, yeah. And then hopefully they are doing their, their their due diligence there. Hopefully they are getting the puppies to be socialized with not just people coming in to look at the puppies, but on the outside also and teaching them where to go potty a little bit, you know. I mean, um, breeders breeders should be doing a lot of work with these with these dogs, Absolutely. not just selling them and making that money. That shouldn't be breeding. Mm-hmm. Right, I agree. It's that simple. Yep. I'm looking at the clock and it's it's just going so fast and I you know I, I probably won't get all my questions answered but um, my last question is is can the little dog make a good therapy dog or a service dog? Absolutely, they make excellent therapy dogs. They're incredible because they sit on someone's lap. They're not as for some people a large dog is frightening or overwhelming mm-hmm. and they just want something small to cuddle. Right. Or the dog will lie on the bed next to them. Mm-hmm. Just that warm, small, sweet body. Yeah. As long as you're watching to be sure the dog is safe. Mm-hmm. You know, not every good dog is, every dog is a therapy dog. It can be a great dog, but it may not be a dog in, of any size who really wants to cope with walkers and canes mm-hmm. and sudden movement in mm-hmm. nursing homes. Right. But right. Toy dogs can be wonderful, wonderful therapy dogs. They're also good service dogs. They can help with things like opening doors, if it's not too heavy, unloading. I mean, if you can open the door, the dog can take the laundry out of the uh, washing machine if you have a front-loading <laughs> Really? How cool is that? And, and dogs love to do something. They're in Little dogs are so intelligent. Yeah, they are. Show them how to do something. It's like, oh, I, I can do that, and look what else I can do. <laughs> so, you know, if you're in a wheelchair, remember, don't roll over the puppy's foot. It's not nice. Right. Um, but, you know, the dog can be trained to do a number of tasks for you, and mm-hmm. that's a pretty wonderful thing. Plus, mm-hmm. they're very good company. Mm-hmm. They are. They, they, I love training little dogs, and I have a good time training them um, because they pick up so quickly, and they're fun to train, and, and they they just love it. If it's done correctly, they just love it. It just makes me nervous and upset when I hear of little dogs and all dogs that are trained with harsh math, methods. It makes me crazy when I hear of little dogs being put outside with shock fences. I mean, these things are crazy. Stop it. Don't do these they're things. They're horrible. Do not do any of that with a small dog. Positive reinforcement, operant conditioning, it's all, it's much easier for you and the dog. People mm-hmm. want to know, you know, why it's that, they don't believe anything that easy can work. Right. Well, it does, so stop complicating things and making life miserable for your little dog. Right. 
and right. breaking the human-animal bond. Sure, sure. Very quickly, Darlene, can you tell people where they, they can um, get your books and even contact you and what other uh, activities that they uh, they need to know about you? Oh, thank you for asking, Rini. They can find me at www.darlenearden.com. They can either order my books from the website or go to any online bookstore or any brick-and-mortar bookstore can order it in for them, Okay. any of the books. Good, good. And you have blogs going on on your website? I have blogs. There's a link to two blogs there, one for writing and one for animals. The pet one is Perpetually Speaking. And you can also find me on Twitter as Pet Expert, P-E-T-X-P-E-R-T. Okay. And I'm on Facebook. You're wonderful. I love you. I love when you come here. You not only educate um, my listeners, but you educate me as well. I always, always um, leave our interviews with uh, some new bits of knowledge, and I appreciate that so much. Oh, and thank you for being such a good interviewer and such a great dog trainer. I hope everybody who's listening, who's in your listening area, is going to consider going to have you train their dog. <laughs> thank you. I know darn well. You know the right thing to do. Yes. I can't promise everybody else in the area does. <laughs> Darlene, thank you so much, darling. And we'll, we'll set a, a date soon for our next talk. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you. You as well, Rini. Talk to you later. Look forward to it. Bye-bye. Bye. Um, thank you so much for listening in today. Uh, I want to tell you that next week our topic will be cats and dogs living together. I'll be interviewing another radio host from Chicago who also talks about dogs and cats on his radio program. His name is Steve Dale. He's much more of an expert on cats than I am, and I'm hoping we can all benefit from what he tells us next week. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I'll talk to you later.